0: The Spot Track Podcast,
1: talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports.
0: Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Spot Track Podcast, presented by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck and the founder, of SpotTrack.com, Mike Janetti, and to tell you more about Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. They, of course, empower professional athletes and entertainers with everything they need to know to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more. Visit morganstanleycom S E. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member. SIPC. The band is back together here because training yeah. camp is in. in way Absolutely. we got trades and we got all sorts of trade stuff,
2: deadline coming up, which I feel like we need to start this with Mr. Met here and his reaction to the Mets <laughs> I, being aggressive in trading I, for Marcus Stroman and or maybe trading other pieces. But but I feel like we need to start our baseball trade deadline discussion with you. I. I did something I very rarely do. I, maybe three times in
3: twelve years of spot truck Twitter, I lashed out. Oh no! To the Mets oh. on Twitter, Mr. Numbers,
2: <laughs> Mr. Down the Road. It, it the was, numbers uh, <laughs> tell the story. There's no emotion involved. Look, I, 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 tempered myself. You know, right? I,
3: like I, I had the first tweet, and it was it was nasty, and I drew it back, and I cleaned it up a little bit, and I and I put one out there that I was pr- proud of. Basically, it was the, the, the Yankees were offered this deal right for their yeah. you know a top 5 prospect for the Yankees and they hung up the phone. And then the Mets got called and the Mets offered them their number 4 and number 6 prospect, right, for this guy who's a ground ball, you know, a ground yes. ball pitcher at best. I mean I I like Marcus Stroman. I've seen him in person a lot. I've been to Toronto to see him a lot. It's fine. It it there has to be a another move to complement this move. I would agree right? with and that. And that's the speculation that, that that we're leading up to Wednesday with is how are the Mets going to proceed now? They're not buyers. So anybody saying their Mets are buyers are crazy. They're not buyers. They're, they're, they're not going then to be acquiring. Then why do the Stroman trade? Because
2: the, you're going to sell something else. Is that what you're my, saying? Where my guess
3: is one or both of Wheeler and Syndergaard go, and we'll talk about where in a couple of minutes here. But the bottom line is this. Stroman's under contract through next year, and either you flip him, right? You, you trade him in the winter or you trade him next next deadline for some sort of return, or you sign him to a contract that is certainly going to be less than what Syndergaard was going to cost. Okay, makes sense. Syndergaard was going to go to free agency. He said it a thousand times to the media. He wanted to go and test the market and see what his actual value is. Fine, that number is going to be huge.
2: I <laughs> mean, it's just right. going to be yes. huge beyond what the Mets are likely so, either going to want to or be able to afford to pay. Right. So
3: in that regard, if that's all we think about, it's a it's a fine move. They gave up two two pitching prospects though. I don't like that. You know, you, we've had this, this discussion with all the sports on this show about how building through the draft is, if you've got it, you don't give it up. And the Mets have given up four prospects now in the last 12 months. their two best hitting prospects and two of their better pitching prospects for Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz, and Marcus Stroman.
0: <laughs> it makes zero sense. No, that doesn't sound good. Right. That's not, that, that <laughs> sounds that, well, like that's not a plan.
3: That is a win now plan for a team that is six games out of the wild card.
0: Right, not good. No, it's not good. <laughs> I, I personally, I, you know, I, I wish they could have found a way or find a way to keep Syndergaard. I mean, I just, I, I loved him and Degrom together ever since they've been there, and he's going to move on here. But and- Let, let's let's dive right into it because yeah. I've got some,
3: you know, my uh, soon to be or sure to be one hundred percent wrong guesses as to where guys are going, and I actually, <laughs> I, I've thought about this more and more. I think I want the Mets to, to play nice with the Yankees here. For everything you're saying, I love Syndergaard in New York. Yes.
2: And if he can't he's help Thor. us... Thor.
0: How could you not have I Thor don't. in New York?
2: He, uh, he is just the way he looks, the, the way he sort of carries himself. It's but, a new, He's a New York star. But the Yankees are kind of boring right now, aren't they?
3: Oh, very boring. In, in a really nice way. Boringly good. Boringly good. They're, they've done everything right for like four years in a row here. Cashman's been sort of a genius with how he's put this thing together. He does not want to go to the Yankees, though. Do you and, know why? Because of the hair,
0: because you got to cut know, his hair.
3: I know, I uh, know, I know. I'm not sure that's still a rule. Man. A- and maybe they let him put it up in the man bun, and he's good. But we, you, you never know. You never know. But but you well, know you what think, I'm saying? You think George <laughs> Steinbrenner would
2: have signed off on <laughs> a man bun? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Costanza? Oh
0: my god! I was just thinking, <laughs> I
2: was just thinking Costanza and the Cost Kel
3: Jones. That's right. so
0: bad. All right. Anyway, but you know
3: what I'm saying, right? Because Steagard yeah. is not a jerk. No, he's a lovable.
0: But yes. polarizing
3: guy. He's a yeah. Ton of charisma. If you dump that guy on this roster for the next three mm-hmm. months and then into the postseason, it just seems like it's a perfect fit. It's,
2: it's not the mention he throws hundred. It's the Verlander equivalent To some moves, degree.
3: Right. To some degree. It's not the old grandpa coming in and shoring up the kids, but it's it's sort of like a a little bit of character. It's, I mean, Jim Carl Stanton was sort of gonna be this guy, but can't stay healthy. Yeah, so, I, and they certainly need a pitcher, and this is this sort of just fits all dots for me.
0: But wouldn't you, if you're going for a pitcher? Yeah, isn't Bumgarner the guy to go for? If you're any team out there looking to add, I mean, that guy is a postseason stud.
3: Here's what I'm hearing with the, of course, but here's what I'm hearing with the Yankees. I'm hearing it's Syndergaard or Robbie Ray out of Arizona. Two, and, and honestly, those two guys are pretty similar um, in terms of how they pitch on the mound. So, uh, my uh, Robbie Ray throws better punches. My my guess is. <laughs> Oh, wrong one! Sorry. If I had to guess, I've got Bumgarner on this list. Obviously, I've got four giants' names on this list because you know they're just in a position where they could really sell hard here. But there's two games out, right? And if you sell, even if selling Bumgarner is the right business move, and I do think it is, I don't think he resigns there. I think maybe there's been some damaged uh, some damaged lines there, and he's going to want to you know a change of scenery next year, and it's going to you know contracts expiring here. The right business move is to sell him now and get what you can get. I just think it would look really bad. Oh, sure. I think you are damaging the rest of your season. Even if you can win without him, I just think that the optics of it might, might be detrimental to the rest of the season for the Giants.
0: Well, if you think you're going to win, you keep him. If it's about winning, think so, right? you keep him. Yeah. So, so because I, you're telling your fans, if you move that guy, you're telling your fans, we don't think we can win.
2: That, the- to me to me, me that's the let message. me let me throw this at you and and where you guys are going is is absolutely right but you said it and it made me wonder has the game the business of sports changed so much that the fans either are starting to understand or need to understand that trading a player like that mm-hmm. isn't giving up anymore isn't a throwing in the towel raising the white flag it's part of the business of how you run sports now. And if you do that and the benefit kicks in a year or two later with the players that you acquire from that trade, then you won. So, I I, I mean, not to question what you're saying, Kevin, I just wonder if it's one of those perceptions that we've all had for a long time that we need to start rethinking.
0: All right. Can I – we're going to talk about hockey, but I'll just use it to a hockey team – that we follow here in Buffalo. How did that go over? (laughs) What you just said there. How did it go over?
2: Well, but... but No, I'm just... It's gone over horribly. Yeah, no, but I think the difference is is what are you bringing back? You know, I mean, there's part of letting the stars leave. There's the other part now, which there's plenty of models to point to that have led to success, like Houston and Astros and a few other places, where that was the key move to make to be successful.
0: Well, and Mike has a list here of yeah. the, the last four World Series winners and their acquisitions. But I'm just talking about giving up players. It's a little different for the Giants because they've won World Series True. with this guy. And so but so to me, their standard is different. Like, to me, the Giants' standard is the same as the Dodgers' standard, the Yankees' standard, the Red Sox' standard, and and perhaps we'll, we'll see what the Astros and Cubs do, but... The standards for those franchises have to be different.
3: It's about winning. Does it matter that this is Bruce Bochy's last season? Does that
0: affect this at all? It shouldn't. If you're if you're operating the team for the best chance to 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 win year in and year out, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It should be year in and year out for the Giants. Not all right. We got to win now because our team's going to go away. It's like how do we continue? It's Hard
2: to, to do year in and Let year out. Let me tell out. you, you, the, know what I, you know, what I'm saying. But it's, the Red Sox and and, and Yankees yeah. are always there. Um, the yeah. Dodgers are always there in the I equation. Feel like they operate on a different level yeah, this, compared to the rest of the league, and and if you're going to chase that, then you you've got to be all in budgetarily. And but they're not the Royals. They're not the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, this but, is the but San Francisco Giants. Let, Come let on. Me,
3: one thing I've heard more this year than I think ever from teams like the Giants, the Nationals, the Mets. What there's been more talk about. We don't want to just be a wild card team. Because that's not good. If, if we're not, if we don't think we can win it all right now, we're selling. And I'm not sure is that really the best philosophy. Remember when it was just let's get in, yes. let's get in and see what happens. Every other sport still operates that way. Every other sport, we just want to get in and then we'll roll the
2: dice in the postseason because it's it's a whole different season. I I just feel like is it not the case? We're starting to see enough examples of teams that have played it that way, and it's ultimately been successful. So when you see other teams that start to do it that way, yeah. I think it's logical that teams will go, well, can we, why can't we can do that too? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and again, I, I I think there's a lot wrong in a lot of professional sports with either win the championship or you're a failure. I, that's wrong. It's, it's just, in my opinion, it's wrong. It's unrealistic. There's only one team that's going to win. Uh, fans need to not Run around being mad if their team loses in the finals or the World Series or the NBA final. I mean that that's crazy to me, but I guess there's a part of there's part of fan bases and teams themselves that operate that way.
3: We had this exact conversation last year with Bryce Harper. Remember? Yeah, the Nationals were sort yes, of we just did. hanging around, and Harper was expiring contract.
2: You knew you almost knew he wasn't going to be back. So what do you do? Do you that's get the best the key value to me, Mike? The key is to me in a decision like this if you don't think you can keep that player then you got to get rid of him well, and that's where we you, we're, as we talked as you made a reference to the team that we follow here in Buffalo the, the 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 low point of their inability to handle free agency was letting two star players leave and getting nothing in return now w- would it have been smarter to look back at that time 10 years ago had the sabers traded Chris Drury and, and Danny Beer, there would have been incredible blowback at the time had they done it. But in reality, as you look back, hindsight, in hindsight, that would have been the move to make. And it's starting to become the move that everybody's starting to make now, including the watch the Nationals with Bryce Harper. That's a prime example.
0: Yeah, I don't want to go too far down that wormhole, but we'll have an offline discussion <laughs> Okay, uh, concerning that. But no, I know I, I know what you're saying. I, I think this is more about a business decision mm-hmm. in labor and they're looking at it like a factory in that, you know what, this guy, we could put someone else on the assembly line and have a similar output for a whole lot less in, in so salary. Isn't that what we talk
2: about with the NFL all the that's, time? That's right?
0: what it is, yeah. right? Um, it, that's what it is. That's what it is for the Mets with they're, you Baumgartner, know, whether he wants to stay there or not, I don't know. It's just going to be weird for me to not see him. We- but, but Verlander going from the, the Tigers to the Astros, okay, I get it. It's, a, it's the window of winning. If we're not going to continue winning, I'm not going to pay $30 million to a starting pitcher, even though he's going to give me 20 wins and I can get 30 starts out of him. I'm not going to do that because it does, it's not cost effective um, while I'm trying to build a winner. Hey, listen,
2: it stinks for the fans. That attitude stinks for the fans. But obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you are someone who is in line with the thinking of what modern sports has become based on numbers and analytics and salaries. So you sort of understand the dynamic of it. But I feel for it. it stinks. I mean, we were all kids who had the. Collected cards and watched our heroes. And I can I'll I'll throw the 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 one that I remember most in my lifetime was Tom Seaver being traded yeah. by the Mets. Yeah. I mean I grew up a Jesus huge Mets old. fan. I know I am old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, what year was it? Do you remember what year it was? I mean I was uh, I was 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, it was devastating. He because even though the Mets stunk. For a good part of yeah. that rest of that decade after seventy three, Tom Seaver was the biggest star ever. You like you looked up to this guy when he was pitching, everything stopped. When they traded him, it yeah. was like a gut punch. Seventy seven. Seventy seven. Right, I'm twelve years old then. So.
0: so you think about what the Mets have you know, in their history, they in sixty nine, right? The amazing Mets, Correct. they had Nolan Ryan and Tom Seaver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like two of the greatest yeah, pitchers ever. If they just hung on to those well, two guys. You talk about the Tigers. They had Verlander and Scherzer, right?
2: Right. I mean, <laughs> right? What are we doing there? Wow. So I feel for the fans. <laughs> Not to
0: mention Jack Morris way back. I
2: feel for one. the fans that 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 lock in on these guys, buy their jerseys, become heroes to them, and essentially they're treated like lines on a spreadsheet, and that stinks sometimes. Well, it also shows.
0: No, but <laughs> it also shows you where the game's at. Yeah. If you don't, if you hang on to Verlander and Scherzer, yeah, and you can't win with those two guys. Come on, right? Uh,
3: teams are reluctant right now to admit that the three-year window exists, because what what has to happen when you admit it is you have to pay hard in those three years, or maybe the first two years at least, right? You've got to pay, pay, pay. Let me bring in football here a little bit because I just had this kind of this conversation with myself on the drive here. Why isn't Jerry Jones in this mode right now? If Jerry Jones honestly thinks that Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott are the three linchpins to them winning a the Super Bowl, they've, they've already signed Demarcus Lawrence. They've already signed their pass rusher. They've got Byron Jones in, in the secondary. They've got all the five major positions on their roster right now. That's it. That's the five major positions. He should be throwing money at these three guys if he believes they're the three guys. The fact that none of them have a contract makes me think he really doesn't believe that. Or somebody is in his ear saying, Dak's good, but uh," And Zeke... Yeah, we really shouldn't do this, and you know we can wait on Amari because there's four other guys that need. Because if there's any owner in football that exactly will, will haphazardly throw doesn't money it, at players, exactly, Jerry Jones. exactly, doesn't it? Weren't you just dying to see him come out, you know, February first and say? We're ready to go. Here's yeah. here's $150 million. Spend it with these three guys. Let's go. And he's right? the guy who's he never
2: he never worried that if he overpaid or if two years from now after paying Dak Prescott, Dak stinks. He, he never worried about it. He was always the, the team that was always over the cap, that was always it's the trying to opposite. use the credit card approach. that
3: charismatic you know guy is now coming in onto the microphone and saying ah we got to be careful with zeke
2: you saw what he said today right you we don't need be careful. a star you don't need an nfl rushing leader to win right. a championship right boy is that a shot across the bow or what right exactly <laughs> i i i'm
3: shocked that that guy right there isn't identifying his current roster as a winning
2: roster all right here's i'm gonna throw a theory at you here's just popped it popped into my head Two things would explain this incredible uncharacteristic behavior by Jerry Jones. He's seen how the league is operating, Mm -hmm. and and he realizes the way he used to operate isn't the right way. Secondly, they're the Cowboys, and they'll always be the Cowboys, win or lose. And I wonder if he's thought about why should I... Do this to try to win a Super Bowl when my uh, my ego and all that other stuff will look great, but I'm always going to be the Cowboys. I'm always going to sell my stadium out. I'm always going to be the number one talked about team in the NFL. Do I need to do all of this? I think he. I'm pausing for effect.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a. On the business side, the answer is no, you don't. But on the ego side, the yeah. answer is maybe yes. Maybe e- right.
2: maybe less ego and more business from Jerry Jones as, has evolved. So winning doesn't matter. Is that where you're going here? Winning a championship doesn't matter. But they're not even winning playoff games. Well, that that's that's got to matter. It that has to matter. Yes, but but I'm saying, does winning a championship matter any as much as it used to? And does Jerry wow. Jones say, "I don't"? I, you know. Well, the I, money
0: says no. It doesn't. The money says no. Right? Are right. the Patriots to be the number one uh, rated franchise in all of sports? Correct.
3: And it's the Cowboys. And it's the Cowboys. And it's not even close. Yeah.
0: So the money says no. It doesn't matter. All right, Paul. Thanks for that. <laughs> let's uh, turn on no, this no, series. No, yeah. We're yeah. getting very deep here. I, yeah, you know, I know. I, I was going to see say, what let's, let's, happens when I'm a week off. And, you let's uh, let's bring this back. I'm on inclined the, to bet
3: the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, last four World Series winners deadline acquisitions last year at the Red Sox, what uh, two pitchers? Nathan Savaldi, no
3: Stephen Pierce,
0: and so, the World Series I was, MVP. I was going to get yeah. there. That's crazy. Steven Pierce. Right, they they picked up the World Series MVP. Well, which when you look at what happened in the NBA and NHL, that's a trend, right? It's a trend. That's the trend. God, I didn't even realize that.
3: Yes, It stem back to the to baseball too. Wow. You, you, you acquire the eventual championship MVP. Right. This guy's so three, three sports in a row did it. That's They're right. They're so thrilled NHL, to be on different sure.
0: teams. Yeah. Um, but he was deadline. He was not prior to the season. The other two were prior to the season. This was a deadline deal, so a little Fine, different though. there. Uh, Justin Verlander, 2017, uh, went 5-0, and oh, was incredible down the stretch to close out the regular season. 2016, Aroldis Chapman. Yeah, changed the Cubs. <laughs> right? Completely changed them. In 2015. How about Johnny Cueto? Right, it's the complete game of the world. Ben Zobris. So um, those against my Mets, by the way. Yes, uh, significant, significant <laughs> acquisitions here. So you have, you have some uh, pred- guesses, we'll call them, not yeah. predictions, some guesses.
3: I, I, I do. Uh, I'm going to change my first one based on what I've read this morning. It sounds like Trevor Bauer and his craziness is staying in Cleveland through the end of the year. He's under. You, you know about the craziness, right? No. Oh my goodness. Oh, my, this is just the best. This I, I wish we were live right now on, on camera so we could show this thing. He gets taken out of his game, his final start, what we thought was going to be his final start in Cleveland. And he, he pulls a complete Trevor Barrow. You see the scowl on the face. He's mad. Frank Cohen is walking out to get him. Takes the baseball, turns around, chucks it 250 feet into center field. I still over did the fence. See this. Over the fence. Yeah. Francona gets up there looking like you know I'm not giving you the ball. You when yeah. your kid does something wrong, yes, and, and basically sends him on timeout, sends him right down the tunnel. The camera follows Francona going right down the tunnel. Who knows what got said there, sure. right? But that that's how we all thought the, the Indians' career of Trevor Bauer was going to end. It, it's unbelievable. You got to watch it. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's a hell of a throw. Don't, it's a great throw. Uh, do we love the passion? so that's right been, that's been the the talking point for the last 48 sure. hours is does this devalue
0: him at all well
2: is that what you tell your kids when they throw a temper tantrum i love your passion
0: <laughs> we just had one of those this morning and no it's not what i told them
2: i've heard people
3: say well, well batters break their bats when they strike yeah. out right well that's a little
0: different i probably told him a similar thing that Francona told him. yeah <laughs> just with a yeah, little yeah little, the, dad, the dad is.
3: and me saw Francona walking out they're like oh my god i would love to be that guy right now <laughs> just rip it um so I think Bauer's staying. The Indians are two. Ga- the Indians can win the division. I mean, they've gained nine yeah. games on the Twins in the last month and a half. So uh, he stays because they're they're in it and uh, they can handle this crazy. They've been doing it for a long time now. Um, the I do think the Astros get a pitcher. I think it's going to be Zach Wheeler from the Mets. I think they're going hard after Wheeler. Um, it makes a lot of sense. It's going to be a rental acquisition. It's an expiring contract here. I do think the Mets probably let two, maybe three, maybe four players go in the next 24 hours here, mm. which is the right. It's the right move. But the, the guys we're talking about, they're the right guys to go. I hate to see Noah go. I, I think he ends up at the Yankees. I know the Padres have been talked about. The Astros have been in on Noah. I think they would like what they can get with Wheeler for less. Noah's not a rental. Noah's got two years left. Sure. So a rental for Wheeler will, will cost much less in terms of what they have to give up. So I think it's that's how it shakes out. I, I'd love to see the Yankees get Noah Syndergaard for everything we've already talked about cool. um Dodgers have to do something we we just went through the the last four World Series winners every World Series winner has done something impactful at the deadline to make their roster better for the next three months um I think it's maybe another reliever to go with Kentley Jansen who he's just he's kind of scary that health issue he's yeah. got it's scary you don't know how long he can last through this year um and obviously an extra you know Back end of the bullpen arm is always important at the end of the year. Now this is
0: the trade deadline. This is not the waiver wire. That's gone now. That's gone. That's gone. That's yeah. why it's this is all so important. tomorrow. It is a hard. It's, it's a day. hard deadline. Awesome. Now. Yeah. Okay. So it's
3: a big deal. It's, this is this is 24 hours to make it happen for the rest of the year, and
0: that makes it simpler for fans. Yeah. Right. Because you like, for me. Second, Having right? to
3: explain <laughs> the waiver deadline. Oh my God, it's like dead cap in football. <laughs> Um, so, the Dodgers are going to do something. I think they get a reliever. Maybe maybe Shane Green out of Detroit, who's maybe the best relief pitcher available right now. They're going to have to give up a lot. Does Magic he's, get he's got involved a ton in of this control. stuff?
0: Or does Magic stay out of Is this Is Magic
3: stuff? still with the Dodgers, or I did he bail on them, too? I don't even know. <laughs> Anyhow, he's got extra time. Look, I'll, I'll say this the Dodgers are damn good. They're good. If you've watched them at all this year or, me, or even lately, their starting pitching has been outstanding they can they can hit to all fields with power it's this will be year three right look at there's a lot going on with LA. yes a it is through your window yes, it will and they, they move guys around all the time their shortstop plays right field their center fielder plays second it's they're doing a lot of things really smart just gonna kind of keep things you know fresh it's a long season I, I really like what's happening there if they get a guy like shane green to go in front of kenley jansen look out i i, I don't know how you don't bet anybody else um Tampa's in the similar vein with the Mets right now. Um, Tampa had a great start to the year. They faded. They need a shakeup. And I think Gasiel Puig is that
2: shakeup, right? Does you almost guarantee you get him that's a shakeup. Does he up. come
3: sleeveless? He <laughs> they'd, ha- they'd take it. I think it's a similar situation to the Yankees where they sort of need a little bit of uh, charisma, a little swag, sure. you know, to sort of take this thing to the finish line. Um, Puig with, Puig's been great I, I, Cincinnati I know, that was Daffy Duck <laughs> That was a little there. Elmer Fudd in there <laughs> Puig That was awesome Three, two, one. 2, no. 1 um, the, the Reds have been fun to watch I've seen him a bunch against the Mets this year And he's been great he's, he's a stat producer, I know the Indians are in on Puig as well I just think Tampa's got more to give up right now Their prospect system is ridiculous So I the, that's probably, you know, 100% to be wrong. But that makes a lot of sense to me. Minnesota, holy cow. I, th- I, they're in first place right now. But, man, it's it's maybe the the the, the, the most unsafe first place ever right now. I mean, the, the Indians are all over them. The Yankees are better than them. The Red Sox are better than them. The Astros are certainly better than them. They might just sit, just mail it in and say, we're going to ride this thing out. They've made a lot of moves in the past 12 months. They might just say, let's just ride this thing out and see what happens. I, I don't know if they'll be big buyers. We'll have to see in them. This is the team I really want to talk about a little bit before we wrap it up here. The San Diego Padres are not in in terms of 2019. They're not in, but they've gotten a lot better. If you haven't watched this team and these kids, it's, there's a lot of fun things going out there. I, I love the Machado move now that I can see it in action with the rest of this roster. The the, the Fernando Tatis kid is so much fun to watch. He's like a, he's like a young...
0: That's Uh, Junior, Fernando Tatis Jr., right? Yeah,
3: Robinson Cano type of player. Sure, He's smooth as hell, but he works his butt off. That's where it differs from Cano. (laughs) Um, He's really fun to watch. They've got a couple of big uh, big bats in the outfield. They need pitching. They've got some youngsters who I think are a couple years away, but if they throw a major pitcher, if it's Syndergaard, if it's Matt Boyd out of Detroit, they don't have to do this now, I don't think. But, you know, there's some arms available now to where if they want to overpay to get that guy now and get ready for next year – I could see that happening, but that's a team, to, really a team to watch, especially if, like your fantasy guys out there. There's six, seven guys from a fantasy standpoint that are really fun, fun for your team right now.
0: All right, yeah, I, I, they should go back to the old, uh, the old. They've old worn them a few times. Yeah, they've worn
2: the old, the, the old
0: school uniforms a you know, few times. The, the friar, the friar, yeah. yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What he had a name that that the mascot had a name, but and it's escaping me, but.
0: All right, right, let's. I, I don't remember what it was either, just a, one of those cool old-fashioned yep. uh, yep. logos. All right, let's uh, move on to some hockey here before we uh, dive back into football.
2: Which uh, is not really hockey, which is why we're well, talking about it.
0: it well, it's, it's, it's still a summer in hockey. There's still some uh, contracts out there. A lot, the, actually. Right, and there's one team in particular that has uh, some issue, and that's the Maple Leafs. They've got two Significant players unsigned. One's an unrestricted free agent. The other one, a uh, restricted free agent in uh, Mitch Marner. But the Maple Leafs, uh, they, right now, as we talk today, are negative, rounding up, three three 3 million. Negative 3 million in actual cap space. Yeah. Right? it's 2.9 million. They have four players, and you say some of these players, and you can't believe they're still in the league. Like Nathan Horton. Well, they're not, though. That's what's well, I know. cool they're, about it. They're, they're the... Um, uh, oh, who's the player from uh Utah? The Kai Ky- uh, Keith Van Horns. Keith Van Horn, right? Yeah. Keith Van Horns of the yeah. NHL. Yeah. Uh Nathan Horton. Yeah. Uh Dave Clarkson, Zach Hyman, and Travis Dermott. They are all they're on the long term injury uh restricted list, right? Likely
2: so, to never play ever again.
0: But so they're they get paid and their money doesn't go against the cap yeah. right now. So it's I don't want to say it's a loophole, but when you make trades and you've seen trades happen in the NHL where, okay, you're going to take this contract, this injury money, because mm-hmm. we some teams don't want to pay it or can't afford to pay on a cash basis, and some teams will take that on. I'll just pay the cash in order to get the other player. Yeah. Right? And teams like the Maple Leafs, uh, the rich teams like that, will, are willing to do it. Yeah, we're going
3: to see it a lot this next week and a half or so. Teams that are up against a good teams that are up against the numbers, Will use this as a way to get out from the under. Right, they you're, will.
0: You're buying cap space, or your yeah. Um, it's the extra push to get a player. If you need another signing,
3: this is a way to do it, and that's what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. So
0: if with all four of those on the, the LTIR, they can create ten point three, little over ten. Yeah. In cap space, which that's huge. <laughs> which is Mitch Marner. That's a superstar, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's about what Mitch Marner's going to want, right? Well, he wants eleven, right? He wants close to he 11. Wants
3: 11. So, But they could free that up with a couple of minor leagues. Yeah. You, you have to be a 23-man roster by October 1st, right? you could be, be under. You could be a 21-man roster. So they dump two of those yes. guys down to the minors. There's your extra $1.5
0: Right. But you oh, listen, you always need some, w- room, room. some room for injuries. Yep. If, if someone's not on the 10-day DL, they should call it, or injury list, yeah. you always need some money. Matter of fact, there was... I want to say the... the the New Jersey Devils. There was a game against Buffalo one time where they had, they only had, they they had one less skater on the ice. Right. They play have room on their salary cap. They had six D and they had eleven forwards in the game because yep. they didn't have enough cap space to bring a player up to pay him for the two days. For the two and they didn't have enough room for two days pay, which I think was around fifty thousand or would, You would be
3: surprised how
0: much every day matters. I mean, I, I update the oh, site every it single does. day,
3: all year long, and I I became aware of that very quickly that it, this is not about, you know, oh he he had a bad game, he's gotta go down. No, no, no. It's about saving twenty five thousand dollars.
0: I will not <laughs> that's what it is. I will not tell you the player's name, but there was a player that got sent from Vancouver back to um, Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, not Portland, Oregon, Portland, Maine, I think was the franchise, and then had to go there for a day. H- spent literally two days in the airport <laughs> just for the transaction not to have him on the NHL club. hmm and, and that's
3: six thousand dollars
0: to save enough money because they couldn't afford it. That's correct.
2: Right. So and that'll Literally. happen like with minor <laughs> yes. leaguers will be sent down if there's three days between games they'll be sent down and then brought back up on the game day right in yeah. order to avoid those two days of paying them NHL rate.
0: And that is why it's great to have again we're in Buffalo folks. Sorry, that's why we keep referencing sure. Buffalo. Well, they have Rochester so close. It's why the Maple Leafs and the Marleys in the same city. What yeah. an advantage yep. because of that.
3: They're going to use it a lot this year. Yes, you're <laughs> damn right there. <laughs> because are. of
0: everything we're talking about
3: here, they're going to have to squeeze this thing in right down right. to the deadline. They might need a trade because you're right. They need some buffer room. They,
0: they, the, they do they they need, need to move wiggle.
3: one of these uh, $1 or $2 million guys off this roster at some point just to make this thing comfortable for them. But it sure sounds like, even if an offer sheet comes in, it sure sounds like they can make it happen right now.
0: Yes, the, the, which is crazy. They they need to be able to match an offer sheet. Yeah, um, which is a threat for Mitch Marner, um, and and teams haven't done it for because they obviously know they're gonna it's gonna be matched. Yeah, but is right? it,
3: isn't this a reason to do it? Am right? If it's you've a got reason. This team who can conceivably win. I mean, this is a winning roster right now, close enough, right? Why wouldn't you want a very put, good team? Why wouldn't you want to put them up against it? Why wouldn't you offer a four for forty four right now?
0: For 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 Mitch Marner. Well the teams that need him again yeah. comes down to your own cap space. Yeah, Colorado can afford and it. And general managers are afraid to give up what you know, the, the first round picks and such because it's so difficult to say, I'm gonna win now. When I I you're making a face of me, Mike, but I'm just telling you. I just think some guys are worth it. Uh, there are some guys that are worth it. Is he worth it by himself? So here's the other thing. This is what I'd be leery of. I think Mitch Marner is a fabulous player. Yeah. Okay. I'd be leery of it only because everybody who's moved a team that's played with John Tavares has not been very good in recent years. Yeah. So I think John Tavares makes so many other players so much better, and they have two magnificent players there in Matthews and Tavares. Uh, I'm not I'm not trying to think any way from Mitch Marner, but they draw so much attention. That's why I think you haven't seen it done yet. That's not to say Mitch Marner is not. A, an excellent player. Because you're he, saying he there, is.
2: you're saying there's likely some doubt around the league that Mitch Marner can be the guy, correct? By himself, and if you sign him to an 11 million dollar contract, he better, he better be the, be guy. the guy. But, right. if, you, the but guy. if you're
3: Colorado with over 16 million, well, cap if I'm Colorado, space, he doesn't, he doesn't got, need to be the guy. And you've got Nathan and you've yep, got Landon Skog, and Burakovsky. And that's yes. a team that's ready and has the space.
0: Put it in a sheet, right? I would. I think I would too. Teams that you know this all well, you know it's. It's frowned upon amongst the jams. Look at Blame your owners. Blame the people who negotiated the collective bargaining agreement. Yes. It's a tool in the bargaining agreement. And you're just like the L T I R is. Right.
3: It's a, it's a vice. It's there and teams but, are using it.
0: But believe me, there are gen so general managers that there's clicks. Yeah. I know. In the league, I right? I know. And if it's you piss politics. off a guy in that click and then you go to make a trade, hey, you know what? You screwed my buddy. Forget about you it. You know what though? That stuff happens. It's so, I mean it's so
3: stupid. Here's here's my here's my take. If I'm Colorado who was the worst team in hockey, they just saw the other worst team in hockey win the Stanley Cup in one year. Yes, this, t- this roster can do that with Mitch Marner. This yes. roster can do that.
0: Do it. I would be uh, like I said, I would do it. I would do it, but they, everybody's leery of doing it. I mean, what if, then if it gets ma- if it, they get matched, everybody gets pissed and then you look foolish. Why do you look uh, foolish? Okay. You're trying to make your team great. okay, but St. Louis gave up what a first and three players.
3: For Ryan O'Reilly, the eventual Stanley Cup MVP? They give up a first. A first and three players.
0: They give up a first. Right. But, no, but it's like they, I'm saying. What, what do they give up? A guy who quit uh, you know, during the season, another right. guy who's a non-factor, sure. and a, a guy first. who's a big question mark. So instead of the a offer sheet, round why not just
3: pick. offer up two firsts for well, the, that, for the well, rights to Mitch Marner?
0: That's the way to do it. Yeah. Say, hey, look, it, I, I'm going to sign. Well, it's, if you're Toronto. You're not doing it? No. If you're, you're Kyle Dubish, you're saying, go ahead, make the offer sheet. We'll match it? Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll either match it or we'll be glad to take your, your five first round picks or four first round picks. Okay. Whatever the comp- uh, compensation, I think it'd be five. If I'm dubious, I'd be like, yeah. Do you think a team has offered two firsts for Marner? Sure. Yeah. you Absolutely. think it's happened already. I've, if, if someone hasn't been willing to offer two first for him, they're nuts. Yeah. He's that. He's worth player. two first-round picks. Yeah, that does that
2: change player. in the next CBA? It, 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 I mean, again, it, we can talk all we want about it, but if, if nobody does it, it's not a tool, right? It, so yes, is that going to change? Is right. restricted free agency going to change so that it becomes a tool? Well, here's. But here's, I think you can lower well, the compensation. Hold, hold on. Here's one th- important
0: thing of note. An offer sheet has to be negotiated between the player and the other team. Mm-hmm. So you know, teams who might have been interested, Mitch Marner may not be interested in playing for. True. It. That's important to know. It's not just where you submit a, wa- a waiver claim on somebody. Yeah. You can't just say, hey, Mitch Marner, here's my offer sheet on you. No, it's yeah. something negotiated He's between the team. It. He's yeah. got to his His agent's got to negotiate it, agree to it, and then it's presented to the other team like, hey, we have an offer sheet. We're putting an offer sheet in. We've agreed to this amount. So you but I like match. that part of it.
3: Because it's the players' control, correct? You know, otherwise, if if Colorado offers two firsts and Toronto right. takes it, Marner's
0: got to go. <laughs> I think if anything, I think if anything, the players will um, lobby to have the compensation be less. Yeah,
2: I think that's right. Yeah, have it be three it first become, round picks. It's a it's a it's useless right now. Nobody does it. So we talk all this much about it, and then people get excited about it. Nobody does it. So to either take it out or change it I mean, so that it becomes more realistic. There's only
0: been a couple of successful right. ones, and they've overpaid. For like yeah.
2: Dustin right. Penner. Dustin Penner. Right. So, Tom, Don't you think right. it's just
3: a conversation like this? Like, what, what is Mitch Marner actually worth? What's he worth? Two firsts and a second? Two firsts, two seconds? that's the yes. conversation to have with this new CBA. Sure. What is their actual value? That's the compensation here.
0: Well, I think it I think it should go upon – there should be levels of it. Um, of course. Per, you know, B- based but on monetary you're paying, return. You're, but, paying, you're, paying what on what ifs. you're paying big on what-ifs. You're paying big on what-ifs. But listen, the, the injury uh, cap space, it's interesting that y- you take on players. You've got to get something more in return. Yeah. Um, if you're the team taking on money, I'm going to pay a guy not to play. Like, Nathan Horton's never playing again. You know, I mean, just, it's just not happening. It's, it's a manipulation of the know. cap is what it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a manipulation That's of the absolutely
3: cap. Absolutely right. And back to, back to the minor point, just to finish it off here, and I'm going to say this until, until I'm blue in the face, offer sheets drive more player movement, and the NHL needs more player movement. It just has to happen. They need guys signing contracts
0: more regularly, and they need players on the move. It has to happen. I would agree. Look what it's done for the NBA. For every it's other school. great for the NBA. You When trades are actually consummated, it's like a courtship yes. to make a trade in the NHL. After a trade happens, you like, well, we've been talking about this for a year and a half. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. Exactly. How about- it's like trying to close out a house in New York State. Like, come on.
3: Yes. How about... Connor McDavid next year says, "I'm sick of losing on this crappy team. Get me
0: the heck out of here." Sure, right? Let's do it. He said that. Well, by the way, when they won the lottery? <laughs> <laughs> a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah. Right? Oh boy. All right. Before we uh, shift to football, I want to uh, give a message out here to the fantasy football geeks, nerds. Ooh, it's dynasty time. Yes, I'm it in is it. dynasty I'm time. In it. If you missed out on the beta, sign up for the Dynasty Owner. You got great news here because this is the way to lock it down lifetime here, okay? Through their Indiegogo campaign, here's how it works go to dynastyowner.com, select the level of support 250, 500, 000, five grand for you big rollers, and you'll lock in a Dynasty team for life. They're not going away, so don't worry. Plus, additional gifts you get hats, shirts, Yeti mugs. Those are fantastic, by the way. Uh, game tickets. And how about this? A one-week trip to a private villa in Mexico. You can vacation with Mike. Prizes vary based on your select- three kids. <laughs> selected level of support. Uh, so gear up for the upcoming football season. The first Dynasty Salary Cat Fantasy sports game that not only plays the game week to week but uses actual contracts and salaries, gives you the roster power of both coach and coach. And general manager. Visit dynastyowner.com, register your team and lock in a few great prizes, and keep up with all the latest on the Dynasty Owner podcast wherever you subscribe. Well, we're pleased to have one of the uh, great and uh, most well recognized agents in the NFL, Drew Rosenhaus, join us here on the spottrack.com podcast. And nothing nothing's happened today, nothing busy for you, right, Drew? <laughs>
1: You know, um, uh, I'm actually at the uh, Chiefs' facility uh, training camp in St. Uh, Joe's, Missouri, and um, one of my clients, Tyreek Hill, uh, got banged up, and he's obviously one of the top players in the league, so there was a lot of concern, but from from what I can gather, it looks like a five bruise, so I don't think uh, the team expects him to miss much time thankfully but it's really as an agent you know when when you see your guys get hurt and it's you know guys it's really one of the reasons i work so hard to to get extensions done just the, the risk of injury is such an impactful thing when you're an agent and you know last year we had a, a guy in a contract here quan alexander uh, go down in the middle of the season, and um, fortunately we're able to to get a good deal for him with the 49ers, but that's usually atypical, you know, and so, um, you know, injuries during a player's contract year really can spur uh, extensions. Yeah.
2: When something like that happens today, Drew, it, with Tyreek or with any other player, and, and like you said, it looks like Tyreek's going to be fine. What's your role? Is it, are you kind of a parent? Are you kind of the business guy? Are you kind of cry on my shoulder guy? Like, how do you take that personal quiet moment with a player who has just been hurt like that and may or may not know the extent of it? How are you handling that?
1: Well, I, it's, I, I actually was with two clients that were injured. Tyrese wasn't serious, but uh, I was with the client Keith Reeser, who tore his Achilles yesterday. Season-ending injury. Mm. So definitely, you can I and mean, you can sell your clients, and you have to encourage them. You know, this is their livelihood. This is their life. This is what they work for every day. So you. You gotta really in many cases pick them up, but injuries are really they're very prevalent part of the game. and unfortunately, every year we'll have numerous clients suffer serious injuries. and this is the you know, this is the worst part of the game. And one of the things that I try and do when I deal with my clients is uh, give them hope and optimism that they'll fight through the injury. but also it's important, part of my job is to make sure that we get a second opinion and that we get uh, all of the best available information uh, to make the best decision. You know, oftentimes we'll pick our own surgeon. If a player needs surgery, we'll pick a specialist or someone independent of the club. So that uh, there's a lot of work that goes into dealing with your client's injuries, both in terms of dealing with them mentally and in terms of, helping them moving forward with the surgery if necessary and the rehab and then deciding when to come back to play.
0: Well, it's good news that the injury doesn't appear to be serious for Tyreek. And I want to ask you about his contract as his agent. Uh, Just if, and you know, he addressed the stuff um, and people wonder, why aren't you asking about, you know, what happened this summer? He already addressed that. You guys addressed that. So we're not going to talk about that. here. I want to talk about the football and the contract here. Do you look at and will you be looking at Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper? Will you be looking at the piggyback up for those deals or do you want to set the market with Tyreek's deal? How how do you approach it without giving us too much here? Because I know there's probably some proprietary stuff that you don't want the GM hearing, but how do, how are you going to look at it?
1: Yeah, that's true. So so probably the best way to answer that is as an agent and, and just in general, um, uh, you definitely have to look at all of the contracts around you, but from my standpoint, I, I, I love to, to study the market and see the deals that are getting done. And and we mm-hmm. were experts at Atlanta, and, for example, with Dion, we looked very closely at the deal that we did for Juan Alexander, and we looked at the T.J. Mosley deal very closely, and we anticipated... Primary was going to led to the agreement with Dion. You know, he of course was coming off of an injury where he missed ten games last year and and had not really been cleared to practice uh, at that point. And so um, you have to take all those things into account: those that are getting done, what you expect uh, other players to get. Future deals and uh, factor it all into your your given negotiations. We, we have quite a few extension talks on around the league, constantly looking on my phone and talking to the NFLPA and following your site to keep up with uh, the latest deals to kind of acclimate them into our thinking and our given negotiations.
3: Just to get a little bit more specific and obviously not to get detailed here, but I, I know you do, you're, you're constantly doing your homework, you and your staff. You're putting these numbers together. You sort of know where everybody values kind of probably every day, right? But you fly into Missouri right now. I assume you're there to talk deals with for, with Tyreek. How much, how much do, you, do you have in terms of details? Are, are you bringing... Are you bringing a guaranteed number? Are you bringing a fully guaranteed at signing number? Are you talking cash flow? Are you talking how this thing is structured with dead cap? Are, are, do you have it all in your mind right now? Or are you just walking in with, we know what, what, what we got to get to in terms of a per year contract, in terms of an overall value, and then we'll figure everything else out after that?
1: Yeah, so every negotiation is different, but they all have a start and, and kind of a process and an ending and um, at, at the beginning of a negotiation we um we approach it more generally it's more open-ended where we have concepts and we we have an idea of what we're looking for on a guarantee basis on an average per year structurally on the term we're trying to every negotiation with um as much flexibility as we can um, so that we can listen to a team and find out what what types of things are important to them, what's important to us, where can we find common ground, how can we structure deals that are great for our clients. You're always looking for, uh, you know, really the, the best compromise. And, and so I, I try to go into every negotiation with an open mind, and very much listen to what the teams are saying as well, and then do everything you can to maximize the negotiation and get the very, very best deal you know, possible that you can for your client. But it's probably best not to go in with a set, you know, with a set strategy, um, and, and really to be more open ended so that you can be flexible enough during a, a given negotiation.
2: Drew, Mike mentioned uh, you know the preparation that you and your staff do to get you ready for these. I think people would be surprised to know, as prominent as you are and as many high-profile clients that you have, that you don't have a particularly big staff, maybe one of the smaller ones of an agency your size. Can you give everybody an insight? I know your brother plays a big role in, in the work that you do, but right. is there a reason why you've kept it that way? How do you handle the sheer volume of player management with a smaller staff?
1: Well, um, that when, it, when it comes to negotiating contracts, it's really myself and my brother, Jason, that, that, that handle the negotiations for our NFL clients, and, and we do um, the, the deals together. Um, some, um, I incorporate Jason more than others, and he's very instrumental in compiling the information and working with me on the strategy and participating in the discussions, um and Jason and I do the heavy lifting on the negotiating side but we we have a staff that that handled the administrative paperwork the business Robert and Robert billing and in the client relationship
2: I think we're uh, we're running into some sell issues there yeah. uh, with, with Drew uh, out in Missouri. So hopefully... Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, yeah, we got Yeah, yeah you're cutting in it a little out a yeah. bit.
1: Yeah, so, so I mentioned, you know, we've got two other agents in, in Robert Bailey and Ryan Matha who are integral in our company. I've got two retired clients, Dwayne Starks and Kyle Moore, that work with us. We've got about six full-time employees on the marketing and endorsement side. We have...
2: Um, people that work on charitable. Yeah, well, we, we have Sorry, a, guys. Yeah, no, that's okay. And,
1: and, uh,
0: and, and, and well, let me let's try one more question if we if we can, Drew. Uh, and you know, cell sure. phone cell phones is fantastic as they are. They're they're not perfect items, um, but if if you could tell me, well, I want to know what's more exciting: getting a contract done for a client or landing a new client? They both got to be rushes.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, recruiting is very important. you got to recruit the guy in order you to get the deal done. So, you know, um, recruiting is a great rush when you, you sign a, a new client uh, and you build your client roster, their livelihood and their security and and setting them up and their family. So, no doubt, the bigger thrill is getting the contracts done.
0: Cool, cool. And I-
1: with your clients –
0: all right. Well, Drew, we we appreciate the time. Uh, cell issues not a problem. With some great insights, and uh, your time is certainly valuable. We appreciate the the time you've given us. Good luck uh, the extension with Tyreek Hill and the injuries, and hopefully all your players stay injury free, uh, not only through training camp but the season. Drew Rosenhaus, thanks so much for your time. Guys, keep
1: up the great work. I really enjoy Track. I think uh, you know you do great work, and it's. It's a real asset to our business, and, uh, you know, I use it quite a bit and and enjoy it very much.
2: Thanks a lot, Drew. Awesome. Thank
0: you. All right, Drew, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, great to hear uh, the the
2: endorsement of Spot Oh My track, goodness, right? how about I mean, that, huh? There you go. How about that? Billboard's coming to a uh, to a uh, <laughs> NFL right outside an NFL facility near you. How about that? See, the important part is that didn't break up. Like we apologize. <laughs> I can't believe that, as important as it is for Drew Rosenhaus, that he does not travel with his own cell tower. <laughs> well,
0: who's to say? Who, who's to say it's not my cell phone? Uh, uh, yeah, no, thing, I, you right? know,
2: and I know he is somewhere outside of kansas city in missouri so maybe yeah, there it's a little yeah. bit iffy but boy i would think if drew Rosenhaus's cell phone isn't working that's the equivalent of uh your your office being uh, uh, right. uh shut down and power and everything else right, right. well I, mean, I,
0: I tell you what if tyreek hill wasn't okay we would not have talked to him yeah <laughs> no, no, right? yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah and and thank you mike for the, for everything that you have done to set up drew rosenhouse for that interview because yeah. now i can i can Erase the fact that he once hung up on me years ago <laughs> in my past life as a reporter who was calling to ask him about one of his players that was holding out or a free agent or something, and I literally got almost ah, I'm busy and got the immediate hang up. So I gotta, I, I've evened up my my record there with Drew Rosenhaus. I'm very proud. I got to say this too. I, I
3: uh, you know you can think what you want about him, and I know there's plenty written about his uh, his personality and you know his the way he goes about his business. Every time I write a piece about one of his clients, and, and you know, I'm I've got no stake in any of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not making any money out whether Tyreek Hill gets nine million or nineteen million. But every time I put any any kind of numbers out there or any kind of you know structural opinion on how things have gone or if, if a new contract is signed, he is right in my inbox. That's great, and hmm. either positive or negative, the, you know, he'll tell tell me exactly how he feels, and I appreciate that. I'm, I'm okay with Great somebody feedback. telling me my opinion stinks. I once had an NFL
2: <laughs> general manager tell me that when Drew was at his bombastic peak of the late '90s, he early very, 2000s, very
0: brash, um, yep. that
2: that the NFL general manager said, "I love dealing with him." I, you know, and, and yes. it surprised me because you thought that everything with Drew was going to be a confrontation because that was sort of the persona that he yeah. had built. Um, but the NFL general manager said he's one of the easiest guys well, to deal with because he understands he he's there for his clients. He's he's an advocate for his client. And I, I was surprised by that because you had this perception of what you think getting in a room with Drew Rosenhaus is all about. I
3: think he backed that up with the answer to my question about how detailed do you bring a contract to a GM? His answer was perfect. Yeah. I know what I need. I know what I want. But I'm going to let the team dictate right. things, and then we go from
2: there. I think that's yeah. the and right way to I think he go probably would admit he's changed that because I think some of the holdouts sure. are famous and some of the stories of, I want $10 million and slam it on the yeah. table, th- those at least, that's what used to be heard from yeah. his players and him himself.
0: Well, I was going to say, he's also had great players, so
2: that makes it pretty easy, yeah, right? Bet. Yeah, he's got a stranglehold
0: <laughs> on this
3: the, virus. The, la- the,
2: the question we didn't have <laughs> chance to ask him, which I would have loved to, was – in, in orchestrating the Antonio Brown yeah. situation was really a transcendent moment in NFL history. I, One of the best, we arguably so. the best player in the league, basically forced his way off the team that he was on for not a lot of compensation to me, that's unprecedented and, yeah. and may signal the start of a lot of other And you saw it with Beckham right after that. But I would love to have gotten into a little more on how'd you pull off something that had never been able to be see, pulled off before? I,
3: I think I would have liked the answer to your first point, which was did it change things oh, well. does he think does he think now this is going to be a thing I or is he going to push this I think this we've to be already seen it I think with Beckham
2: right? right after that we saw it become a thing right. where teams were were willing even though they had one of the greatest players in his position in the league willing to think about moving them when I think for most of our lives of covering and being around the NFL that if you had a player like that you're like well, I'm not trading that guy yeah. no way I don't yeah. care what you offer me I'm well, not doing it
0: well you know the interesting thing is uh, you know, age eight I'd want a guy like Rosenhaus in my corner because you could tell that he's for his players. It's all about the players. Right? It's all about his players <laughs> yeah. and getting them the deal. And it, it, so I, I respect that. It's like having, if you ever need an attorney, you want one who is an SOB in the yeah. courtroom. And, like, th- this guy is for his players and all the things that he's doing, right? Um, he's not in the office talking to the players on the phone. He goes and sees everybody. Right. And I know a lot of agents do. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, wow, look what he does. I don't know uh, nobody else does, but um it just seems like it's his life. Let me right? tell
3: you why I, I know he gets it too. And by gets it, I mean gets it as if as we talk about contracts around here. The one thing he was most proud of after Antonio Brown's uh move and then new contract was that there were no additional years added to Antonio Brown's contract. It was a three year deal. Better structure, better guarantees, which Pittsburgh was not willing to do. We know that he was most proud of that it was it didn't go more than three years, and that signifies control. Sure. He understands that one of the most important things right now in all of sports, but certainly with the NFL, is control. Right? Yes. Yeah, that, that to yeah. me is that to me is, is control a guy who gets over right where
2: you are and where you're going. That's it. Yeah, that's it.
0: Well, it's great to have him on. Um, you know, I, listen, obviously. You know, he wasn't going to tell us too much, uh, you know, contracts at Hill. Everybody listens to everything now in sports. And for those who might say, why didn't you ask him about the Tariq Hill thing? I, I just don't think this is the forum for it. Nah, I'm more so, worried about
3: whether the contract yes. gets done. What do you guys think? He's worth 19, according to my formula. 19 a year. Michael Thomas probably gets over twenty. Here's in the, next the week question. Or so.
2: As much as how much does the other stuff impact us? It has to, doesn't it? See, it has to I don't have it, an impact. I don't think um, it has to in terms of the overall value of the contract. But right. the way it's structured. That's it. Guaranteed money, you know, he, he may get to the end point the same, it but it'll language. be a different route. Yeah, just get needs language. Is,
0: is you know, is he worth nineteen million? Yes, yes. he's worth sure. nineteen million. He's probably worth more. Yeah. I just he, think he is his speed, because
3: he is, because my my valuation is a baseline.
0: It's just numbers, right. <laughs> right? Well, the the issue is going to be, you know, uh, does he want to stay in Kansas City, yep. right, and play
2: well, with Pat would, Mahomes, why would the best quarterback from- <laughs> in right? right?
0: Well, that right, and do you want to leave some room, the Patriot way, yeah. for your team to keep pieces and or add pieces to win?
3: Well, you know, you know, Mahomes is going to cost forty million dollars in a year and a half.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. It, does Drew Rosenhaus care? No, he no no. Drew Rosenhaus doesn't care about Mahomes. Should
2: he though? Uh, that's yeah, but but he should. He should care about Tyreek Hill because if Ty, if they have no other receivers, but the because argument, they can't pay any others, then that's going to affect Tyreek Hill's performance.
0: The, or not having Tyreek Hill is going to affect Mahomes' performance. That's the argument I would make if Me I'm Drew too. Rosenhaus. Me too. So, but Tyreek Hill is worth
3: 19 a year. I, everything else aside, put it all away for three years of production.
0: He's worth at least 19 million a year. What the Chiefs just proved is. They didn't need Kareem Hunt That's right. to be good. You don't need to pay a top-tier runner. It's something we talk about all the time, and maybe look, okay. Jerry Jones was making his point with Zeke Elliott to go back to earlier in this podcast. You don't need to pay a ton of money for a running back. It's actually not the smart way to go because you can find running backs – Using plural there that uh, can fill the gap and get the job done. They're going to have three running backs that cost four point two million dollars, and they're going to be fine.
3: Carlos High, Damian Williams, Darrow Williams, all going to be adequate at best, maybe more. Mahomes only costs four and a half right now. So you've got Sammy Watkins at, ni- at a cap of nineteen two. This is going to be his last year. He's going to be out after this, right? And there's and they there's, already drafted his replacement, right? This year.
2: And in the in the Hardman kit or maybe Hill's replacement should that
3: happen? It was going to be be one or the other, right? And now with with the with the landscape of Hills, you know, lack of suspension, uh, it makes perfect sense. You you can have Hill on the Sammy Watkins number, and everybody else is still cheap for a year and a half at least. So yeah, you smart you go hard after Tyreek Hill's contract right now.
0: All right, great stuff. We'll keep an eye on those baseball trades. With the trade deadline, and of course, we'll keep everything up on contracts as they happen at SpotTrack.com. It's got Drew Rosenhaus's endorsement. Tell your friends about it. Check out the premium section of SpotTrack.com. And of course, presented by Morgan Stanley Global Sports Entertainment, empowering professional athletes and entertainers. With the knowledge they need to know to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth, MorganStanley.com slash GSE. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC.
2: Next to Jerry Maguire's endorsement, could there be a better one? Show me the Quan, Paul. <laughs>
0: All right, for Paul Peck and Mike Janay, I'm Kevin Sylvester. We'll talk to you next week.